What's up folks, you gotta watch this video today. I'm joined by attorney Mike Yoder, who's representing a case in Denver that involves a straight pride flag. Wait till you hear about it. A father of two children is saying his kids have been denied their first amendment right to have a straight pride flag in the school where they have an LGBT flag. Even CBS is admitting, as much as I may disagree politically with this position, I think first amendment case law mandates that this school either eliminates LGBTQ flags and all flags of that nature, or they allow allow him to fly whatever flag he wants. So they might be faced with a choice, take down the LGBTQ flag or put up the straight pride flag which they probably don't want to do. I got the court case here. Mike Yoder, the lawyer involved in this case. It's going to be a very interesting live stream, folks. Dream Rare Podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast, welcome to the show The way to get the news at the desk or on the road Let's go, God is great and success in our control The world is crazy but we get better from obstacles Yeah, yeah. What's going on everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Dream Rare Podcast I'm joined by attorney Mike Yoder today, thanks for being here Thanks man, appreciate it Yes sir, um, okay so Starting it off, CBS covered the lawsuit. There's a Denver man that's suing the school that his kids go to because they're not allowing a straight pride flag based on the First Amendment. And even CBS is admitting that either the school is probably going to have to, this, this uh, case is still going, but the school might have to either take down all the LGBTQ flags or put up the new straight pride flag right next to it uh, as a First Amendment right. Can you explain it and what you're covering? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's pretty widely known that you're seeing rainbow flags in every classroom hallway, uh, you know, throughout almost every school district in the country. And for whatever reason, it's been widely accepted and it's been reduced to the point where they're just blanket and overtly talking about sex and sexual content in elementary schools. And they just keep dropping the age. It keeps getting younger and younger. And there's no reason for that. I mean, it, as, as a preliminary matter, if they want to be inclusive of all students and just fly the American flag, that one covers all of us. But because of what's going on, there's been a lot of animosity and challenge to that because the LGBTQ flag, by definition, doesn't include an S, even though I understand it takes up like a third of the alphabet with their acronym. They forgot, you know, the letter S for straight. They don't take into consideration 92% of kids in schools are heterosexual. Yet, all of a sudden, uh, when we ask to have our flag for straight individuals um, put up, it's declined. And um, instead of making this about religion, instead of making this about attacking the LGBTQ community, then you know the, the best way to go about this is just saying, we're not trying to say anything about that flag. It's more than welcome. We just want to have our flag dis displayed right next to it. I'm just going to read from the CBS article. Um, it says, a pride flag is not meant to be exclusive. It's designed to be inclusive. It is meant to draw attention to humanity, to people who are historically have been considered illegal, ostracized, excluded, and for too long, quiet victims of discrimination and violence. Uh, a, straight plag, pra, a straight pride flag, excuse me, is speaks to us versus them, wherein a pride flag lifts up all of us dynamic that recognizes the two often quiet and quieted LGBTQ plus community. So I guess this is from the article. This is a detractor saying, no, Mike, um, you know, the straight pride flag is, is a, I guess, a divisive. And, you know, this is what everybody likes. But clearly we see 
even this person should admit, I don't even know who this person is, that a lot of parents do not want that in their children's school. And they think it's too early for sexuality. So what do you think about the naysayers like in the article? Well, I find it inherently hilarious that in the same breath as them, them claiming that the pride flag is entirely exclusive, they follow that statement up by saying that adding a straight pride flag creates an us versus them mentality. So by definition, how can it be inclusive if you're saying that adding our flag creates an us versus them mentality because you're conceding that we're not included in the flag that you're flying? <laughs> and I mean, it can't by definition, it would be us versus all of us and putting us above everything. But if it's us versus them, that's by definition exactly what I mean. We're not included in that side. And the fact that they're talking about historical context of, uh, you know, what's happened in the past, obviously we have numerous things throughout our country's history that are terrible stains on our, you know, nation. We have the Korematsu case internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. We have the Brown versus Board decision that finally reversed Plessy versus Ferguson. We had segregation, we had racism. We have all of these horrible things in our past but you don't remedy the past by seeking retribution or revenge. You don't equalize playing fields in that regard. And the, the fact that they're flipping it around on its head by saying, we're going to literally silence and suppress this view to somehow bolster or make up for what happened in the past. Not to mention if they're talking about historical context of violence, a, none of these kids in schools were alive during that time. And secondly, if they want to talk about violence, I represent a 12 year old girl who had, the absolute crap beat out of her in school by a boy that identifies as a girl in sixth grade. And I believe it was now seventh grade after he had done that to someone else. So if we're talking about violence, there are straight heterosexual individuals that are being violently assaulted. You had the, the transgender shooter, the manifesto that was specifically going after straight white people. And they ignore all of these things. I mean, there's, you know, no doubt that there was a bad and rugged and rough past for people in the LGBTQ community. And I do not support that at all. I frankly openly welcome anyone to be and, you know, be part of the community. I have no issue with that, but don't let that in the membership of the existence in that community supersede the right of other people to not be part of it. Just like you have a right to be in the community. You also likewise have an equal right not to be, and you shouldn't be silent, suppressed or, taken out of being able to speak or express First Amendment rights or viewpoints in schools. Right. And uh, I want to let my audience know how much of a game changer this court case might be, because right now they have all these LGBTQ flags in a lot of public schools. I haven't been near a public school in a long, long time, probably since I've been in one, you know, uh, so I'm not really familiar with it. But I know a lot of people that have kids that absolutely send their kids to school, notice those flags. So the lawsuit, just to repeat, so people understand fully, um, a father saying, I want to put this straight pride flag here. Uh, you guys have all the gay pride flags in this kid's school. Why not have the straight pride flag? And they said no. And then he's suing based on the First Amendment. So if he wins, once again, I know I said this, but I want to really drive it home because I think this could be a landscape case for America and change the course of all public schools in America where you know, you have one of two options, either take the LGBTQ plus flag down. This isn't a place to show off sexuality, especially in a school or two, put up the straight pride flag next to it, which I'm sure a lot of these teachers don't want to do. So if this goes through and is bolstered as a First Amendment case, I think this could be a game changing court case in this country. Yeah. And it's federal law. I mean, I'm litigating this under federal law. I'm litigating it under the First Amendment. 
and I'm not going after it under the lens of religion. I'm not going after attempting to silence, suppress, or attack, or otherwise change the pride flags that are currently existing. There's prior precedent where there was discrimination. It was a case that dealt with public schools, or excuse me, public pools, and they had essentially a white-only public pool, and they sued over it, saying that this is unlawful. It violates, you know, Title Seven. It's it's racial discrimination. Excuse me, Title Six. It's racial discrimination. And instead of uh, opening the pool to allow blacks and whites to join the in the pool together, the, the you know, again, publicly funded pool, they just shut the pool down. And I think that that's wrong. I think that that's a cop out. I think that they should have kept it open and allowed them to, you know, join and, you know. That's how you fix these problems is you you stop diversify you, you stop creating the divide. If these flags are both up next to each other, that means that all these kids actually feel as though they're equals. If you want equality, which is what the goal should be, not equity, because there is no constitutional right to equity. That's why they talk about DEI with diversity, equity, and inclusion, or I like to say diversity, inclusion, and equity, because it says die. Uh, it's you know, equity is nothing more than a veiled lens of what is genuinely uh, a socialist or Marxist principle. It's about equality of outcome, not equality of opportunity. And that's antithetical to what this country was founded on. Well, a lot of these things I've just started, I mean, I've noticed for the last couple of years, but I think people are getting braver, including myself, because, you know, when you get labeled something falsely, it, it's kind of scary where it's like, oh, I'm not that. I don't want them to call that. But now that they've used these words so much, nobody seems to care, but it's like, okay, you do all these things for certain races, but if white people did that, it would be considered like racist or supremacist. And then with the LGBTQ, it's like you do all these pride things. But if somebody wanted to wave a flag of their own, now you don't want to do it for some reason. So, you know, I would say as somebody that kind of just marches to the beat of my own drum, the hypocrisy is what really bothers me in a lot of groups, not just the LGBTQ. It's just like, you know, sometimes there's certain racial activists as well who they do all this stuff and I don't care. I don't call them names. I, I could care less what they think about race, if they like themselves, whatever. But if someone of my ethnicity were to do it, then all of a sudden it's too much. So it's like, it's almost like a lot of people hate themselves in the mirror. Like they don't want anyone else to be like them, but they want to be like them. It's very bizarre. Yeah. And this is what it boils down to to me. If you want inclusion in schools, hang the American flag. This is the United States of America. We see more Ukraine flags flying in bumper stickers with blue and yellow then we do American flags flying in this country. And the reason for that is because it's become a symbol of what is equated to someone that is a conservative or a Republican simply by flying the flag that identifies all of us. We are all equal. We are all Americans. We need to start focusing on bringing that together and stop creating these microcosms of divisive pockets of society that we self-identify with, whether you're in the BLM movement, whether you're in the LGBTQ movement, whether you're straight, whether you're in a Christian faith or whether you're, you know, of a different nationality. I don't care if you're young, old, black, white, straight, gay, whether you're employed, unemployed, whether you're male, female. I don't care. I care about America and Americans. And the more that we keep focusing on this divide, the more fractured we're going to become. The Supreme Court, going back to 1943, I mean, it was a case decision in West Virginia Board of Education Bar versus Barnett. They specifically and just blanket put it out there. The government cannot prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion. That is why we have a First Amendment. We have a First Amendment to protect minority viewpoints, as a matter of fact, because if you didn't have a minority viewpoint that needed to be protected, i.e. the majority of the views agree, why would we have a First Amendment to be protected anyways? Because there would be no attack on it. 
the whole reason that these rights exist is because society cannot just simply you know, shut down speech because they singularly find it disagreeable. That was something that came out in the Tinker v. Des Moines case where they wore the black armbands protesting the Vietnam War. This is fundamental textbook black letter law in the United States, and they are violating it because they put their policy preferences over the fundamental rights that these kids have. Sounds like it could be big if it goes through. Um, I know for myself, uh, certain cultural issues, like I don't try to spend too much time on them. So others I'm very passionate about. Uh, you notice that a lot of parents are obviously for many reasons passionate about this. And you see the responses. Millions of parents are now starting to homeschool their children because regardless of what you think, um, your kid goes to school for eight to 10 hours a day. And this is kind of where I draw the line. I draw a bunch of lines, but this is definitely one of them where, you know, a kid's five, six, seven, eight years old certain teachers that are left-wing, uh, others that are apolitical, they want to teach race super hard and they want to teach, teach sexuality super hard, but it's like a kid is a sponge. So if you're bringing sexuality and overt, you know, race, race, race of, that they never thought of, you're planting these ideas in these kids' heads and you're molding the future generation that way. And I think that a lot of these concepts that they're teaching these kids, one, they're extremely wrong, uh, they're un-American, but also I think it's just way too young. So, I mean, I know this is another topic besides the lawsuit, but that seems to be the hot button issue among all parents. It's like, do you have to do this at this age? It seems pretty weird. It, my whole thing, let kids be kids. They should be outside playing in the dirt, falling off their bike, learning how to ride their bike. They should be doing things that are developing them as children. There is no reason any reason at all that these kids should be learning about sexual orientation, sex, whether they, it's not like they're engaging in sexual activity. It's not like they've gone through puberty yet where it's starting to hit that middle school age where they're starting to have, you know, those inclinations. These are children. And if you see a rainbow flag on a wall, you're a kid. What do you do? You see, Ooh, bright colors. What is that? They're going to say, Oh, that's a pride flag. Well, what's a pride flag. Anyone that's ever been around a kid knows that they go through that phase of why, 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 what's that? What's that? They're going to keep asking questions. And it eventually spins down to the point where they say, Oh, well, pride flag is for the LGBTQ community. Oh, well, what's that? Lesbian, gay, bi. Well, what's a lesbian? Oh, it's when two women like each other. Oh, they're friends. Well, no more than friends. Oh, so like they have, they do stuff that like, you know, it's like, how do you have that flag and not have the logical thought process and progression to realize it's going to devolve into discussing sexual conduct? And then you have it in books and teaching. Oh, it's OK if you have a dad and a dad or a mom and a mom. And I personally don't care about that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But what I'm saying is whether it be homosexual activity or heterosexual activity, it doesn't belong being in the minds or in the schools of children. And that is the problem that we're facing. And people do not get that. It's not about inclusivity. It's about what it fosters by being displayed. I watched the debate of Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom, and I saw Ron DeSantis bring out the book of it looked like a pornographic book. And, you know, Gavin Newsom said a lot of stuff. He said, you're being hateful. And, you know, I, I didn't really hear him do a hard deny about that book. So that's the part that, you know, we talk about this a lot. And I'm sure a lot of people listen to a lot of commentators who mention it, but a lot of characters in politics and media and culture in schools, they kind of use social justice as a shield. They use sexuality as a shield to push forward other stuff. And then when you push back against it and be like, hey, that book's pretty crazy for that age. And it's like, oh, wow, you're being so hateful, you know, and, and, and they use these groups 
almost as a shield for their own ideology. And, you know, sexualization of kids and over-sexualizing kids and bringing in, you know, and at the end of the day, I mean, I could say this, um, when, when you're married, when a man and a woman is married, they create a child. Um, when it's gay or I lesbian, just did. Congratulations. I just had a baby. I, I mean, thank you. And, and that's why I'm getting so passionate about it too, man. Like I see where this is going and that is an innocent child. I see what is happening in schools. I see what's going on in the corruption of these kids' minds. And what they do, like you were just talking about, is that they use this moral or immoral compass that they take precedent over the law. I don't particularly care about how someone feels. I care about social order and a rule of law, which is what constrains and what actually fosters the ability to have a civilized society. Without the rule of law, it's Lord of the Flies. If you haven't read the book, read it. That is what you have the basis and the rule of law for. You have social norms, you have socially acceptable decorum, and as a society, we need to adhere to those mechanisms. And I don't care if you're offended by anything that I say, so long as what I am saying is true. Because if the truth offends you, you're the problem and I frankly do not care. At the end of the day, there is something that is morally correct, there is something that is morally incorrect, and I don't care about your feelings because facts don't either. Facts do not care about your feelings. And this is wrong. It is going to create a wicked, sexually deviant culture and that's what they're trying to foster. And it attacks nuclear families. I mean, you see it time and time again. You have kids that are underage having sexual, uh, you know, gender transition surgeries where they're modifying their bodies they're mutilating their genes. Like, what if I identify as a pirate and I asked a surgeon to take my eye out, cut off my hand so I could have a hook and chop my leg off below the knee so I could have a peg leg? Is that acceptable too because I want to be a pirate? What's the difference? That's where we're going. It's ludicrous. I feel like someone's probably done that or they had that uh, guy who wanted to be Korean or whatever. I, you know, I remember that story where he, he wanted to look like a K-pop band and I, he got some sort of surgery to like morph into Korean, which is hard to do because he wasn't Korean. So to try to ethnically morph with plastic surgery is quite the uh, endeavor. In this article, it says that, you know, neither Feldman nor his attorneys have responded to multiple re requests for comments. So I appreciate you commenting on my show and not CBS proving time and time again how much more credible amazing and for the people it is but um you know thanks for being here thanks for sharing the scoop and um do you ever when you're in a lawsuit do you have to really like watch what you say i i know you speak the truth and i know you're not afraid um but you know legality wise like how, how does that work when you're in a lawsuit like what if you said something off off kilter here I mean, I'm entitled to express my opinion just because I'm an attorney doesn't mean that I lose my First Amendment rights. And it also doesn't mean that and I'm not a party to the lawsuit. So something just a lot of people don't realize is that if you're involved in litigation, there's hearsay, which everyone knows the term hearsay, but most people probably don't realize the magnitude of how complex of a topic it is. It's an out of court statement offered for the truth of the matter asserted. So exceptions to hearsay can be, for example, a party opponent statement. So if you're in a lawsuit and you say something outside of court and you're a party to that lawsuit, well, then that statement can be imputed against you. I'm not a party, I'm a lawyer. And the way that it works is I can have my own personal views, just like that lawyer in the article even said, I disagree with this view, but like, they're absolutely right. This is a First Amendment violation. And, and frankly, that's the kind of person I'd like to have as a judge is that constitutional attorney. I think his last name was Lane. I forget his first name. Right. But like, being able to separate your policy preferences 
and look at the law from an objective standpoint, not gearing it towards your desired outcome. We need judges that do that because from both sides, it's hard to do. There's certain things I've seen cases where I disagreed with the way that the law applied, but I'm like, ah, they, they're, they're right. And that's what you need to do as a lawyer. You need to be ignorant to your bias and apply the law. That's what a judge is supposed to do. And now if you've looked at any Supreme Court, you know, I mean, the Supreme Court's up, up in the air, but like a lot of the district court opinions at the federal district court level or the circuit levels in the appeals, they're just legislating from the bench. They're rewriting law and codifying it. And I, if they want to write legislation, that's perfectly fine. Just get the hell off the bench and run for office and become an elect, elected legislative official. Stop violating separation of powers. But I don't necessarily have to per, per se watch what I say because I do just speak the truth and I stand by what I say. I've never said anything that is incendiary to the point uh, objectively. I mean, some people's subjective problems are on, that's that's their own issue. But I can have opinions, I can have passions, and I can advocate for things that I believe in, and no one's ever going to stop me from doing so. Love it. Uh, what he's referencing here, I got the CBS article, the lawyer named Lane that CBS was kind of going to as the quote-unquote expert. He says, quote, as much as I may disagree politically with his position, I think First Amendment case law mandates that this school either eliminate LGBTQ flags and all flags of that nature, or they allow him to fly whatever flag he wants, said Lane. He is absolutely correct that that is a First Amendment violation. So you know it's looking favorable when even CBS's expert says, I think that First Amendment-wise, you know, the father has the right to fly a straight pride flag. Yeah, and... Everyone else can do this, guys. It's not just not just this one individual. I mean, I went through, I made a, a free download PDF guide that people can download that just lays out, here's all the rights that you have. It explains the law. It has case law. It has federal, you know, Supreme Court cases. It explains First Amendment. It explains viewpoint discrimination, equal protection, Title IX. It's on my website. People can download that. And then I also even have a link where you can get your own, like, you know, straight pride flags. And it's as simple as going to school, asking them to hang it up next to the LGBTQ or pride flag. If they say no, just, you know, hand them the packet. Here's, here's the, the packet explaining the rights and laws that apply in this scenario. Here are the rights that I have. Here are the laws that you're obligated to comply with as a federally funded school. And go back a couple of days later, ask them again. If they say no again, now they're intentionally discriminating against you. That's the problem. You give them notice. You put them on notice of the laws that apply. You tell them that it is illegal. You inform them of it. And if they choose to keep doing it, that is where there is a problem. And that is why that there is a punitive component to this where I'm seeking damages because you're intentionally choosing despite full knowing with maliciousness to discriminate and target these kids. And that What's is just absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, you can go on my website. It's yoderesq.com, Y-O-D-E-R-E-S-Q.com. And if you just go to the resources tab, that's where you can get the kit. Uh, I think there's a, it says store or something like that. You can find the, uh, that, that's the free download guide under the resource tab. And then I also on the, the, you know, the bookings page, I'm doing a workshop next Tuesday, teaching everyone exactly how to do this online live. Um, it's, you can sign up for that now. I also have the kit that people can get to get their flags and everything. So I'm just trying to make sure that I'm making as many resources available to as many people as possible, because you can take a stand, you can fight back. And it only takes one lawsuit per school district. In Denver, there's 205 schools. If this lawsuit goes through, it's going to block this from happening in 205 schools. Wow. And then it's in federal court. So the geographic district within that district of, you know, the District of Colorado, that's the whole state. 
I could set precedent that bans it in the, essentially, I use that same template to hit the whole state and I, I target it. And the, you know, that's how you break this down. It can just grow massively. And I see someone, someone asked a comment, who's funding the agenda? Nobody's funding it other than one client and, um, and my time and my free energy going into this because I care about it. I had one client that is, that is, you know, that's why I started a nonprofit because we don't have resources to fight this stuff. It's people that are just doing it for free and people that care enough to take on that burden themselves. And, you know, financially I get it. It's not easy right now, but we need more people to step up and start to get into this battle. And hopefully this inspires you too, folks. Cause like with myself, um, you know, I didn't like the way the news was portraying everything. And I feel like the news controls the minds of the masses. It controls culture music and it's driving America off a cliff. So I got into the race. You could not like certain things I say, and I don't particularly even care. I appreciate you though. But, uh, I decided to do that and just be a better version. And if you think you could be better than me, then please do with Mike. He's into law. He does legal stuff and he's a very passionate person. And, you know, I don't know very many lawyers per se, but I know Mike is always going towards things that a lot of lawyers aren't, that it seems like the American people are. And a lot of times people complain, you know, all the lawyers are like this, all the politicians are like this. There's a lot of solutions. You don't have to be a lawyer or have to be a politician, but some people are. And no matter what you do in this country, you know, be great and be the change that you want to see in your profession, even if it's on a small scale. So, you know, uh, Mike is one person, but I know time and time again, I've already seen multiple lawsuits where he's pursuing things that probably over 50% of the country want to pursue, but just simply wasn't popular. And in some cases, perhaps wasn't thought of before the thought was made to approach it in that direction when it comes to First Amendment wise. Yeah. And I mean, I, nine minutes after Biden said he was coming out with the federal vaccine mandate, I tweeted I was going to sue the shit out of him. 13 days later, I filed a 224-page lawsuit. And to date, as we sit here in 2023, there has not been a single federal employee who was fired over their religious accommodation request. Not a single one was forced to get vaccinated or fired because of the lawsuits, not just myself, but also other law firms and other other nonprofits and other great lawyers in this country litigated. But I have been on top of it and I've gone against the grain time and time again. And I just reread that lawsuit and every single thing that I put in there has come to fruition. It has been true and it has been admitted now because the only difference between a truth and a conspiracy theory is about six to eight months, maybe a year. That's the only difference between the two things. We've gone after vaccine mandates, fighting for people who had rights to work. We fought li religious liberties. I've gone after the COVID vaccines and HHS mandates where I just got the Department of Health and Human Services. They're under court order to turn over their entire COVID file on remdesivir and ivermectin. We've gone after everything that we can to keep this fight alive. And there's not a lot of us doing it because everyone has the bystander effect where they think someone's gonna solve their own problems for them. And the reality of it is, is that there's only so much other people can do for you. But when the rubber meets the road, individually, you and only you can help yourself or change your circumstances. And I implore people to start actually taking action, because if they would have done this from the start, the burden on any given person would be so small in comparison to the heavy burdens that everyone that is fighting has had to carry for years. If everyone just stood together and stayed strong and resisted and fought, we would not have what we just went through for three years ever happen again. And people need to start to realize that. So Mike's been on the show three times, I believe. Check out his other episodes. We talked about other stuff with this guy in uh, Denver. You know, he thought or he did the lawsuit. Right. Um, and if it works, it goes through, I guess, all Denver schools. Two questions is one, if it if that lawsuit succeeds, 
Um, does it not happen to every school? Why is it only Denver? And then also, are you looking to represent other parents that want to do this in their school if they're faced with discrimination and uh, anti-constitutional backlash? I mean, whether it be our firm itself representing people um, or we teaming up with lawyers that are licensed in jurisdictions that were not licensed. And yes, I mean, anybody that does want to move forward with this, that has the fact pattern. I mean, I laid it out. Like I said, I have that workshop explaining on how the how to do it, how to go through the process of this. We will either get you a lawyer where you are at that is able to file the lawsuit on your behalf or if it's somewhere that we're licensed, we will do it for you. But we can do this state to state to state, county to county to county, district to district to district. We can do it across the entire country because it's federal law. It's not state specific. It is the First Amendment. We can actually take a stand and fight this. It's something that we can do to start to break down the overt sexualization and discrimination that is going on with our children in public schools. This is how it's done. This is how you fight back. And it's going to work. And we will not stop until we do protect those kids because they are our future. If we don't protect them, what are we fighting for? Folks, this is a truly, truly incredible story. You know, you don't hear me say that often. I mean, sometimes I do say, wow, or this is cool, but this is a truly incredible story that has real life consequences and could be like a huge catalyst into something uh, a lot different. So thanks for everybody watching. Make sure if you like this video, share it with a friend, uh, show somebody, because I, I really, you know, I don't know how many people covered it. I know CBS did. I know Mike's been talking about it publicly, but uh, I think it's a bombshell. And uh, let people know where they could find you, Mike. And I know on Instagram as well, um, I saw you just posted. Let people know where they can find you. Instagram, website, everything. Thank you so much for coming. And guys, you know, definitely uh, share this information around if you like it. Yeah, appreciate it, Anomaly. And yeah, you guys can find me online, my Twitter handle. I don't use it as much as Instagram, but both Twitter and Instagram are Yoder, Y-O-D-E-R underscore E-S-Q. My website, YoderESQ.com is my personal site. And then our law firm is Yoder Lavalia. It's uh, myself and Chad Lavalia are the founding partners. It's Y-O-D-E-R-L-A-V-E-G-L-I-A.com. Um, and, you know, like I said, Anomaly, thanks for having me on, man. I just am passionate about this topic and, and I implore other people to get involved because if you don't roll the sleeves up, you're just going to get rolled over and people need to start taking a stand, fighting back and do so in a respectful, legal way. And when the law's on your side, flex it because you're not going to just have this stop. They're not going to stop coming. And it's only up to us and you yourself to make that change. If you want to see the change, make it. Otherwise, it's never coming. Thank you so much. And uh, Mike, send me a link. Just if you could pick one of the most important ones, whether it's your website, I'll include it in the description on Facebook and YouTube. Got you with this one. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Dreamer Podcast, folks. Thanks for being here. God bless you. And I'll be back with more videos soon. You already know. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me. Support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever.